Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever live audience production of The Awakened Catholic Show. You do have a job to do tonight, and that is to overreact to anything that goes on. Thank you. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, super ecstatic today to have the guest that we do. Uh, Mike Mangione is a guy that I met years ago. Uh, he was coming through the area with Christopher West for an event, and he, and he reached out to me. He was like, hey, you know anyone that would want to do a house concert? And thus began the saga of the Casa DLT house concerts, which this is now the fifth of. Um, but Mike was also the first of. So super, super cool thing. We love doing this. Um, but uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about who Mike is, in case you don't know. Mike is a professional. It means he makes money from it. Americana musician who has toured the world both as a solo artist and with his bands Mike Mangione and The Union and Mike Mangione and The Kin. His music has been described as soulful Americana and as orchestral folk. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Mangione. Sons and brothers, Sisters and mothers, the time has come to lay your body down. You've been fooled to feel you're empty. Your inheritance is plenty. I can hear the siren weep as they hang the wedding gown. Was a time that I remember innocence and splendor, your love. Hold me with the will Now we must stay in this discussion To bleed through their oppression We must run With our hearts against the grain And there's a breath from the beginning From where everything came spinning Do not fear if you do not understand I did not come to take you, to fire or break you. I came to help you feel that breath against your hand. Yeah. This will not come with ease. So listen to me, please. You must be open to the glory and the pain. When they pierce that sinful mistress, catch her blood. Witness, she'll come running to your heart against the grain. Yeah. that sinful mistress you catch her blood and you hold witness she'll come running 
to your heart against the grain. This is a lover's song Blowing in the field where we belong Take my hand, child, and leave behind your shame I promise you And if you dare to promise too Then we'll go running With a heart against the grain Yeah, oh. Gorgeous. That was really beautiful. That was for you. <laughs> Can I move this? Is please it? do. Please okay. do. Mike, what was that song about exactly? Uh, parties. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, no. Because um, okay, I kept hearing the word mistress in there and I was like, huh. Yeah. Yeah. College. Um, <laughs> no. So that was, uh, <clears throat> that was a song I, I called Against the Grain. And it really, to put it short, you know, short, it's really just that if we're going to live, uh, a life of purpose, then we're going to be countercultural. Mm. And uh, so it's almost like my battle cry song. Um, I wrote it, it's on the a record that hasn't released yet. <clears throat> and I remember, I don't know, remember where I was. I was at some, I was traveling. I'm winded for some reason. That's okay. And I'm like, okay. Um, we, do you need a second? Maybe. Okay. No, I've got a good. Okay. No, I, I, uh, I, I, I remember when I was writing, writing is a long process for me, much like speaking, apparently. And, um, <laughs> and I remember I was traveling and I always keep songs that I'm working on, like in my back pocket. And I just come back to it. I never sit down and try to like tackle it all in one sitting because then it's choked and you can hear it. You know? mm -hmm. So I just kind of let it happen naturally. And I remember I was in some place, I can't remember where it was. And and I, I, the the words against the grain came up, and I was like, that could be the chorus, but I wasn't quite sure what against the grain means. I mean, I know what it means in like in vernacular, just like every day, but like literally, like does it apply to the point of the song? Mm. And so I remember I texted a friend of mine, and I said, hey, does this make sense if I say against the grain uh, as like living life radically against? Um, you know, the, the social norms. And he's like, no, that actually doesn't work. And I'm, and I, I didn't listen to him and I did it anyway. So I think it works, right? Does that make sense? Against the grain? Cause it hasn't released it. I'll take it off the record. <laughs> no, I think it's beautiful. I think okay. it's great. Thank you. I love, I love the depth uh, with which you're approaching your songwriting and, and all of your music really carries that depth. Yeah. Um, so I'm super excited about what we're doing tonight, the conversation that we're about to have. And, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this guest, Mike Mangione. Am I saying that right? Mangione. Yeah, Mangione. Mangione. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always say it's like Joni Mitchell. Man, Joni. Mangione. Mitchell. So you don't want the G-Oni. You just want Joni. If you want to say it and sound like you're saying it Mangione. right. Mangione. Mangione. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our guest today, Mike Mangione, Mangione, is going to be performing music for us. He's going to be talking about his life, his art, and all of that is coming up right after this. 
gentlemen, this is The Awakened Catholic Show, not your grandmother's Catholic talk show. And today I am joined by guest Mike Mangione. He is an artist in the truest sense. Um, basically, he makes art. And so, um, and, I'm, and I'm poor. <laughs> and he's poor. <laughs> I'm really thorough with the whole artist thing. <laughs> yeah, you want, you want to live it authentically. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, how did you start? How, when, what, what was the first moment where the universe was like, Mike? My mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, one of them was looking really good that night. One of them. Uh, <laughs> I think I know who it was. Too. Um, <laughs> Have you seen photos from that <laughs> night? <laughs> let's just let's just remove it. Um, like I said, it's not your grandmother's Catholic talk show. This is not. My grandmother would never say that. She didn't have photos back then. Um, so, yeah. So I'm the youngest of three dudes, and we would fight constantly. And I'm I'm pretty. I have an issue where I I can be pretty aggressive and a little punchy. You know, yeah. I'm kind of fiery uh, if backed into a corner. So I was constantly hitting my brothers constantly fighting. And so my mom thought I should take drum lessons to hit something else. And so she put drumsticks in my hands, gave me lessons. And that was the beginning. And then I wanted, uh, I, I was so, I remember being so moved by music, like music. I had, uh, I typically, when I talk, I always start and then I go backwards and backwards and backwards. So you're going to notice that I, I'll try to stay linear and chronological. He's approaching it artistically. Artistically. Yeah. Uh, let me talk about the big bang. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't even know what else. Oh, no. So um, music has always been beyond ear candy for me. Mm. And it, it, it was a, a, a way to tap into a bigger mystery that I, words could not capture, even at a young age. And that's the power of art, really, is it puts sight and sound. It has a conversation with sights and sounds that words fall short. And so we can oftentimes find ourselves just pierced by beauty and held in just in awe of it because mm. it is awe inspiring. And so as a kid, I had my ear candy bands. I remember I had uh, Snow's Informer. Uh, do, do you guys heard that before your time? Don't worry about it. Don't look it up. Um, <laughs> on tape, I had a lot of Guns N' Roses. Heard of them. Um, yeah. Gina, <laughs> uh, Run DMC. Uh, but I was also really into music that that went beyond its parts so artists that really were participating in the cosmic conversation of what does it mean to be human Mm. who am i what am i where am i going so van morris and bob dylan um tom waits you know these were the artists that would speak to me even at a young age Uh, marley bob marley i was a huge marley fan Mm. and i would oftentimes lay in my bed and i had like Christmas lights up. I would light incense. I would make like mint tea and have a black light in posters. That's it. I wasn't doing anything else. I was going to ask. No, no, not in <laughs> high school. Um, but yeah. And, and, and I would just enter into the, into the music or the music would enter into me, I should say. And I would just float and it, and it, it helped. It made me feel like I was, I was watching the greats have participate in the conversation that everybody's had since cave paintings. I mean, like everybody's looking up at the stars saying, what, what is this? Mm -hmm. Here's my take on it. Boom. Here's a song, you know? So that's the beginning for me. Yeah. And eventually I wanted to sing. So I would steal my brother's guitar 
and uh, which, which is why I play upside down because I never uh, took lessons. So I just picked up his righty guitar and I played a lefty, and that was the beginning. Are you left-handed? Yeah, I didn't even notice you were doing that. Yeah, I've no, I know one other person that plays guitar backwards. Oh, really? Yeah, who, who, who? for the same reason. No one you yeah. know. Yeah, no one. Make, <laughs> try me, try me. Jesus, I know him. <laughs> Fantastic guitar player. He just comes down. Let me show you. Yes, yes. He's not even touching the strings. Yeah. Just, just the power is moving. Oh my gosh. His ruah. Um. So it all started with your mom giving you drums as a way to kind of adapt to the challenge that you were facing as a kid. Many challenges. Yes. Okay, the challenges mm-hmm. that you were facing as a kid. But I just think it's so beautiful how that one move on her part kind of became this career that you know your life where you've created so much art and it comes down to this moment where your mom's like i don't know what else to do with him yeah i'm gonna give him some drums absolutely yeah and she was always um she is uh just always aware of art and its importance um i i remember as a kid she would always take me to i grew up in chicago and so the art institute of chicago steppenwolf theater um you know, just uh, the taking like um, art lessons, you know, pottery lessons, and st- like a lot of lessons, whatever classes as a kid. And it's all be- like I used to fake sick from school a lot. I've and never done that. You should try it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool because you're supposed to be in school. Interesting. But you're not. That would have been such a great solution. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's in the back yeah. right now laughing because yeah. I definitely did do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so when I did that, she would play along, but she'd say, all right, well, if you're staying home, we have to watch one of the classic movies. And then we would watch like The King and I and you oh, know, wow. West Side Story. I mean, her classic movies, not yeah. like, you know, West Side Story, but like musicals. She always wanted me to be feeding yeah. me with something that would be useful. That's amazing. And, and, and there's nothing more useful than than memorizing lyrics and dance moves to West Side Story. Could you please demonstrate? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you got to start like this. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, you know, we talked about uh, Jesus's left-hand guitaring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of Jesus, I think that that is a perfect segue into the Kerygma speed round. Are you ready? Yeah. I don't have a jingle yet. It's coming, though. I heard it. You heard it in yeah. your head? Okay. Yeah. If you could write that and record it so I could start using that, that'd be it's super helpful. It's very yeah. First question of the Kerygma speed round. Who is Jesus to you? Uh, he is a, he is the, the, the one challenging me to let go of everything. Mm. Wow. That's, that's it. And I, I don't know if we'll get into it later. I had an amazing experience. Actually, I, the, your, the desert story. Yes. Yeah. That was so I, was, I, I was going to talk about that in a little yes. bit, but oh, well, we can talk about it okay. later. Okay. But th- that was, that realigned my whole understanding of Jesus. Wow, uh, was that experience? That's beautiful. Yeah, and we'll we'll get it's cliffhanger. <laughs> All right, question number two of the Kerygma speed round. What my kids keep running back and forth. I feel like I'm at my house. It's great. <laughs> my kids. Um, question number two is: What's your elevator pitch for a life with Jesus? Hey, man, you like to feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that might be the best answer I've ever gotten. So can I tell you? I've had bishops on the show, so I mean, that was a good one. Hey, uh, yeah, you can learn from me. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> t- I know we're doing a speed round. No, 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 it's I, good. It's okay. good. Okay, <clears throat> uh, the CFRs in New York. Mm-hmm. I love them. Franciscan and, Friars of the Renewal. That's exactly right. Uh, and uh, I often do events with them. And I was. And what's the best part about doing an event with a CFR in New York is 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 the event is great, but afterwards you just hang out with them mm. and you just stay up late. And they're, just, the they're hilarious. And there's one guy who's from Kentucky. Uh, I think his name. Well, I won't say his name. I don't know if it's uh, whatever. Father Emmanuel. No, no, no. I, I oh, that's can't. New York. Sorry. Yeah. Well, he so, but he's in New York, but he's from Kentucky. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I went home. And CFRs have gray uh, uh, outfits, long, huge beards, usually, and shaved heads, so they look pretty like awesome. And uh, he's like, yeah, I went home recently, and I, you know, I look like this. And I was at a gas station, and one guy came up to me. He's like, hey, man. Cause he looks, he looks like a CFR, right? Totally decked out. Hey man, were you at Judy's last night? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no. Like, yeah, you were. I saw you were at Judy's oh last gosh. night. He's like, no, no, I wasn't. He's like, man, you were at Judy's last night. He's like, I wasn't. He's like, okay. You smoke weed? And that's like, that was the end of the conversation. He's like, I got to get chips. To pray. Um, that is an amazing, my, my favorite story with the CFRs is I was uh, living with two of them for a week. We were serving at, uh, one of the life team camps and, um, I got sick. I got real sick. Um, on the last day there, that was supposed to be the travel day. And, uh, so we were the three of us, it was me and these two monks living in this cabin for a week. Incredible experience. Some of the funniest guys, the holiest guys I've ever met. And, um, and, you know, it's one thing to pray with them nightly every morning. It's another thing to have one of them uh, running across the house to grab a bucket for you and holding it for you while you're throwing up. It's beautiful. And, like, these guys, they, they're just Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It really is. I, all of them just have these stories that you hear it and you're like, I'm renewed mm-hmm. from that one story. I, I Yeah. 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 Amen. All right. Question yep. number three. Okay. <laughs> um, what's your elevator pitch specifically for life as a Catholic with Jesus? What it, my elevator pitch, this is how you stall. You repeat the question. My yeah. elevator pitch <laughs> for life specifically as a Catholic. Yeah. Uh, hey man, you know, like rock and roll <laughs> is cool, right? <laughs> Were you at Judy's? <laughs> Were you Judy's last night? <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, well, the Catholic Church uh, is like the epitome. It's like, the, it's like the form of rock and roll. It's like the original incense, mm. smells, bells, lights, all of it, tangible. Mm. Uh, and then they'd be like, oh, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's, now, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm at one minute. So I went from 30-second elevator pitch to it's one It's a tall minute. building. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I'm not doing good at this. No, you're killing it. Okay. You're killing it. <laughs> Again, not- I've had bishops on the show, so they were not brief. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're doing great. Okay. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think that's super, super real. Um, beautiful. Great job, Mike. <laughs> Let's give Mike a round of applause. That was a great yep. charisma speed round. Yes. <laughs> All right, Mike, um, yes. could you please uh, bless our ear holes with another song? 
Sure. Do you have uh, Do you have uh, uh, Spotify? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, preparing for a new record, and like I said, I, I always um, hold on to songs for a while. I just kind of keep them, and then just slowly unpack them and work on them. And this is one that um, I was driving to. To I have an office. I had an office, and I was driving to it. And it was the changing of the season. It was uh, fall becoming winter. And I went over a bridge uh, and the river was frozen. And, and, and for some, which I see that a lot <clears throat> where I live, but for some reason, like, it just hit me differently that moving water where I live uh, freezes. Uh, I've even seen, like, the waves frozen, like arcing waves frozen, which is crazy. And... I said to myself, I come, from the, I come from this land where the rivers freeze. And I was like, that's a great first line for a song. So this is called The Turnabout. I come from the land where the rivers freeze Where time is a season counted by the leaves Where the frozen bone Holds pure every tempo, every tone For every bleeding heart Cracked seed can cry where it is sown But I don't have a home without you. No, I don't have a home without you. Time is a runner who can change his stride. I hold memory. Because the feeling has died But there was once a dream That burned off like steam And every noise that plays in this empty church Echoes places I have been Because I don't have a home Without you say boy you're gonna reap what you sow but I've been hanging on to mercy since that day I bared my soul and I'm punching through the dirt because it keeps filling that same hole to you to love you but I couldn't see only love becomes itself sacrificially 
So I will bleed it out You hold suspicion, you hold doubt But I will sing this song until these words can thaw that turnabout Because I don't have a home without you. No, I don't have a home without Mike, that was really freaking beautiful. I just Googled song and that came up. <laughs> <laughs> All it takes. That was so, that was so nice. Um, Thanks. Yeah. So your mom hands you some drums. You become... An... I mean, the drums are big, so she handed me sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a very small Irish woman. <laughs> Got it. Okay, so she hands you sticks. Yes, drumsticks. <laughs> Size B. You acquire, you acquire drums, mm -hmm. the mode by which they are mm -hmm. conveyed to your possession. You got it. I wasn't there. I don't you know. You're doing great. But fast forward, you become what we just heard. I mean, wow. Yeah. Um, and you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I'm not implying. No. no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, I feel it, though. I feel it. I have. No, I remember. Um, I. <clears throat> yes. Funny story. Wait, I just. Yeah. The, okay. Go ahead. That So that song <clears throat> I recorded on my new record. I haven't released it yet. And I showed it to a couple people. And somebody I'm really close with is, a, is an author and speaker. Christopher West, who you yeah. mentioned. And he's just been like. He's my bro for a long time. And so I always show him stuff early. And I, I <laughs> he's, he's a brilliant dude. Yes. Like just, he's just on a different level. Yes. But sometimes with that comes certain things that might be a faux pas or maybe a little um, from left field. Okay. So I showed him the record and he went song by song. And wrote, like, it gave me his comments. And it was beautiful. And then he said, <clears throat> that song, Turnabout. When you said uh, every noise that rings in this empty church echoes places I've never been, are you talking about your career and how it hasn't panned out the way you really <laughs> wanted it to? And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> but now... <laughs> that's, a, that's a nasty burn there. <laughs> That hurts. <laughs> it still hurts. Maybe. Oh, man. Christopher was actually at that original house concert that we had with you. Um, and he actually, to have him in my house, he was he is a hero of mine. I mean, he literally is how I became Catholic. Like, oh. uh, I was in a geology class at Bowling Green State University. And um, we got partnered up for some project. And this kid that I'm working with, I, I noticed the pen that he's using uh, says, 
Creed on campus. And I was like, what's that pen about? And he's like, oh, it's the Catholic group on campus. You should totally come. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, bro, I'm good. I've been down that road. And he's like, no, really, you should come. We're going to be talking about sex. And I was like, oh, what time does this start? That's his elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> that was his <laughs> elevator pitch. elevator pitch. Yeah. Well, lo and behold, literally the very next day, Christopher West was presenting there in the ballroom at Bowling Green State University and completely changed the course of my life that night. Wow. All because I asked about a stupid pen. So if anyone's ever fundraising and trying to, you know, buy pens for their organization, buy the friggin' pen. Um, yeah. That'd be great if the pen, never mind. Never mind. Um, I should get a sponsorship from pens to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that was, so I was baptized Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I want to say. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Stories really didn't go anywhere. Um, I just like sharing information. <laughs> I, were, I have tiny feet. Um, <clears throat> so, so, but I, I went to Marquette University, which is a Jesuit university, and I, I met a girl my junior year. I had broken up. I had a long relationship. I'm going backwards. I had a long relationship with a girl from high school. We started dating in junior high. Going backwards still, uh, <laughs> junior high, high school, and then we broke. She broke up with me. Uh, what was it? What was it? Uh, August twenty sixth, two thousand. Not that the date means anything. <laughs> no, but um, she broke up with me, and I was heartbroken. Yeah, it was like seven years or something. We dated. It was a long time. Oh wow! And I was heartbroken, and um, uh, I was at junior year had started, and I was in a class, a drama class, and and then. Uh, one night at the bars, there's this girl who I was standing in line next to at Marquette Euros. So it was like two in the morning. So you can imagine what's happening. Uh, we're all a little glassy eyed. And uh, we're like, we became friends. We're like, you're from my drama class. Yeah. So then we started like hanging out. Um, nothing, not, just totally like friends. And uh, she's like, <clears throat> you, you seem like you're really sad. And I'm like, <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I, but I said, yeah, you know, I explained to her. She's like, you know, there's this retreat that, that uh, I'm, I'm part of as a leader. You should come. It's based off of the Kairos retreat. I'm mm. like, I love Kairos. And anyway, so I went and I met this girl, six foot, beautiful, just be- like strong, like just be- beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I like her. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't know if like it was even possible for a five foot five guy to like like a six foot girl and have it go anywhere. And uh, so I just like stood next to her a lot. And eventually she's like, oh, hey, you know, um, <laughs> did she point down like oh, that? No. <laughs> Pat you on the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Tommy shoes. Um, <clears throat> but. So we started hanging out, and one of the first things after the retreat, one of the first things she did, she's like, do you want to come to Mass with me? I'm like, they have those? And apparently at Marquette, there's a lot of Masses. And um, so I went. It was a Wednesday, and this kind of goes back to something we touched on, uh, which was my elevator pitch for being Catholic. Uh, we went to the Joan of Arc Chapel, mm. which is, uh, was brought over brick by brick from England or from France via England. Um, and... There's, there's, a, there's a stone in the, it's a tiny little chapel and there's a stone in the chapel that's uh, back left that is said to be the stone that Joan of Arc prayed on, like rested oh, wow. her head on and prayed on before she went into battle. And then, of course, as Catholics, they always do like the, and if you touch it, it's always five degrees colder. <laughs> it's like, no, um, probably not. But 
Maybe. Um, Those are the same old ladies whose rosaries turn gold if they pray them a hundred times. Yeah, they rub yeah. the gold into yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went, and it was a ten o'clock mass with a, a priest named Father Will Prospero, and I remember walking in, and tiny, and all of the stones were worn from centuries of feet and, and kneeling. Wow! And it was packed with students all kneeling, and it was lit by candlelight, and the music it was all chant. It was beautiful, and there's incense that had that haze, and you know the candlelight and all the the smoke was refracting the light, and and you know, uh, light is meant to like candlelight is meant to work with icons and with mm-hmm. the art in a church. It, it all sparkles, and it's intentional. And I saw it. The sacramentality was so potent, and I remember walking in, and it was like that mm. to me is what every concert like rock and roll like concert the production is all going after that wow and i remember walking in just being blown away and father will prospero had an amazing uh homily and to me the church priest had always been like celebrities that you don't talk to they're always they're over there i'm here and we don't mix right and they're scary and he was like so (laughs) comfortable and warm and he was hurt this girl that i liked he was spiritual director which is like what what like you talk to him on a regular basis he he likes you and stuff you're not in trouble when you talk to him (laughs) and and so that began my okay this isn't my old this isn't my home church this is this is the same faith like this because this seems more tangible and it's it's, you know it it has meat you know And one of the first things he did, so I, I eventually um, started dating this girl. She's now my wife. And um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and one of the first things he did was he said he, he, he invited her to a speaker who was coming through. Uh, and he was, he was so excited. He's like, this guy's amazing. You know, he's like, he talks about identity and sexuality and it's just wait and i remember he got so giddy he's like wait till you hear what he when he talks about priests and celibacy it's amazing and i'm like well <laughs> all right um and i went and it was christopher and i and wow. i absolutely hated it yeah <laughs> that was like alina when we went to that event that day <laughs> right because it meant everything needed to change because it was the truth Mm-hmm. And it was completely against where I was. And where I was was very much in the culture, be, not for any bad reasons, because I wanted the best for everybody. I wanted the best for people's feelings and for people's backgrounds and histories and likes and dislikes. I wanted the best for people because I loved people. And therefore, it meant whatever you need to do, please do it and let me know how I can help you. And here was somebody saying, the love is the source, but the truth is the truth. And you have mm. two options. You either turn away or you follow it. And I turned away. No, I followed it. <laughs> and so that was the beginning. And then so when the event was done, Christopher did something that he, he's never done. He, he played a song on guitar. And so afterwards, there's this long line. of Was people. it a U2 song? It, it wasn't, but that okay. plays into it. Yeah. There was this long line of people asking him like theological questions, and I had no question to ask him. I just wanted to talk, like say, hey, I like the song. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks, man. He's like, do you, you play music? I'm like, yeah. He's like, who, who are your artists? I said, well, 
my top artist is U2 and Bob Dylan. He's like, you like U2? I'm like, yeah. He's like, can you stick around afterwards? I'm like, sure. So we stayed up until like three in the morning playing songs wow. and harmonizing. And he had a, an extensive touring history. He was in a band as a drummer and toured a lot. I mean, he's, he's done the road thing. And uh, so we reconnected. And that's God knew that I needed, in order for me to cross the bridge, I needed somebody to walk to me mm. and lead me to the other side. There's otherwise I just felt like people were yelling at me, like you got to get over here and figure it out. You know, like that's what religion was. But here was somebody that Christopher, my girlfriend and father, Will Prospero were like, we'll talk through everything. We're not going to back down. We're going to be honest, uh, but let's go. And that was my community. That was my, my, my kindling. That's incredible. Flame. Yeah. It's amazing how the chess pieces were moved by God to bring that moment together. Um, yeah, that's, that's so beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing what, when you look hindsight, when you're in it, you're like, this is not going as planned. Mm -hmm. And then when you reflect, you're like, oh my gosh, not my will. You know, it's, it's his will and it's perfect. You know, it's, it, everything has worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell a quick story? Yeah. Okay. There's a CFR. No, no, no. He's a Benedictine. He was teaching a class. <clears throat> I hope I don't mess this up. <laughs> okay. And <clears throat> a student raised his hand. He said, why, why did Jesus have to come 2,000 years ago? And he, well... Well, historically, what was happening at the time was, you know, you had Abraham, and he kind of laid it out in the, the Bible, you know, biblically and chronologically and said, so it made sense that he came at that time, um, you know, the best that he could. And the student goes, I don't think so. All right. And walks away. Sounds like a fake story, but it's, it's true. Uh, later, he goes, um, why did it have to be? in the Middle East. Like, why is that a spot? Well, you know, there's many reasons, but, uh, you know, blah, blah, you know, the, uh, the Dead Sea is the deepest point, and that's where he was baptized. The Jordan leads to the Dead Sea. Therefore, it's like literally like the womb of the earth and blah, like all these like weird theological uh, responses. And student goes, no, I don't, I don't think that's it. Later, comes back and he says, why a cross? Well, at the time, the Romans, you know, the crucifixion, but everybody's like, mm, gave this answer. Student goes, no, <laughs> I don't think that's it. He's like, all right, well. So towards the end of the year, the student, I get emotional just thinking about this. <clears throat> the student walks in and says, I, I think I know the answer. And he says, what'd you, what'd you come up with? He said, Jesus was around 2000 years ago in the middle East and died on the cross for the good thief. Wow. That's the extent that he moves, that he goes to meet us. That's so deep. Yeah. Wow. Dang. 
Should we talk about poop? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that. That's super profound. <clears throat> That's something to like reflect on in prayer and like, yeah. That's awesome. And, and you see it. You see it when you reflect on your life. Yeah. You see it. And all those left turns and right turns you had to take that you, you never would have charted yourself. And then you understand that's, it's, that's, the, that's the path that is perfect for me. So, yeah. yeah. Dang. Um, on a different note. Okay. <laughs> um, so I saw you, actually, so before we get off totally away from the Christopher thing, mm-hmm. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about Christopher West or about you two or both simultaneously, um, cause he is obsessed with you two. He Absolutely. was actually, Christopher was a guest on one of the awakened Catholic shows called pop culture catechism. And there's an episode all about you two where the host of pop culture catechism, Mike Tenney and Christopher West talk about you two and break down a bunch of the music. And they actually do sing some of the songs together on the show and stuff. So you should definitely check oh, that out. Lordy. Yeah. Um, so I saw you, live at several Christopher West events before ever meeting you in person. Um, one of those times was in Spain. Oh, World Youth Day. World Youth Day, yeah. yeah. And, dude, you've always done amazing music for Thank Christopher's you. events, but what you did at that World Youth Day was so insanely amazing. Like, the ensemble you had with you, like, there was the one chick on the cello yep. and, like... Uh, violin. Violin, yeah. okay. And but, a celloist. A celloist yeah, okay, yeah. so both, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, the whole ensemble was so powerful yeah. and did so much to elevate the presentation. And and I think that might have been one of the first times, maybe, that Christopher was using that sand artist. Dave, Lively, um, yeah. And and so, like, the way that the sand artist was telling a story with the sand uh, and and the music that you guys were doing, too. I have goosebumps right now remembering yeah. it. Um, I've been to a lot of musical performances and multiple of yours, and that one was, like... Wow. Yeah. Was video or something ever done from those? Because that was extraordinary. Yeah. So that's an event that we developed, Christopher and I developed uh, with our with our team at the time called Fill These Hearts. Yeah. And there was, <clears throat> it comes from a, a lyric of mine from, um, call, from a song called The Killing Floor. And I say, to fill these hearts full, we grab and reach for, for more. Um, and I can't remember the rest. But so we developed this event we we our first thing we really did together was in australia uh at world youth day and then we realized like because he loves the music and has really been like moved by my music and i've been moved through his work it works because he uses the lyrics he knows the first off i'm inspired from his work to create and so like a lot of like the themes and and words and narratives come from things that i've learned through theology of the body and very basic stuff but so he knows that and he hears it and he's able to then use the lyrics to tease out certain parts of teachings and so it weds itself very nicely together and we decided to like why don't we get serious about this so we created this event and we it was called fill these hearts to fill these hearts full and then we shortened it to fill these hearts and it was an it was like a seven hour event it was ridiculously long and eventually we whittled it down to like two and a half to three hours mm-hmm. and we brought it to spain the the I, I don't know that you're fully aware of this, but leading up to the beginning of that event, um, there were crowds outside oh, of yeah. the auditorium. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, like thousands of people 
dying to get into this event. In the heat? In the heat, in the middle of Spain, people from all over the world, and they wanted to see this event. Because, I mean, the work that Christopher does, the the theology of the body, like this is stuff that is changing people's lives. And so people are so hungry for this yeah. content. But this, I've met more people in my travels that were waiting outside that didn't get in than people wow. that got in. Yeah. Well, so have you, did you ever see the movie Selena? I want to say yes, because I want to be so cool. <laughs> but the answer is no. Okay. Jennifer Lopez portrays. I can't portrays... even say what you just said. Selena? You, the so, sentence or the word the, Selena? So Selena. Selena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I know Selena. It's just the, yeah, the artist that was killed by her fan club president. Exactly. Yeah. So you're familiar. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> but you haven't seen the movie. No. <laughs> I just said it. You just research. I just, I just said. You just learn all movie. about her, but you have seen the movie. No, I've seen documentaries on her, but I have not seen the movie. Okay. You're really messing with me here. Um, so. Or have I? <laughs> Let's see if you've seen the movie. <laughs> Tables have turned. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so scared. Um, I thought you said Selena. Well, Selena. the Anglo. Yes. Finish. Have you seen Selena? Selena. Uh, no. No? Cool. All right. So <laughs> I bring it up because in the movie, there's this scene where the crowds are going nuts. And honestly, it's the only other thing I can uh, compare to what I experienced in Spain outside of Fill These Hearts. Um, where people were getting super angry with each other and aggressive because <laughs> it's World Youth Day. It's well, yeah, yeah. But in the movie, Sel Selena, Selena, Selena yeah. or as the the guy on the side of the road in the movie calls her, Selinas, anything for Selinas. Um, so, anyways, uh, so Selena walks out and she tries to calm these people down, and and she ends up like just singing to them and mm. like they calm down and it's a really beautiful scene and at fill these hearts people are losing their minds i'm seeing all kinds of people doing all kinds of terrible things and christopher walks out into the middle with a chair and he stands up on it and he just starts praying mm. and all of these thousands of people joined praying with him yeah instead of fighting with each other it was like this guy <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I, so I've been with Christopher. I've known him since 2001. We, he and I started, along with uh, three other guys, started the core project in 2010. So I've pre and I've traveled pretty much to every event that he does. Yeah. Um, he, he has received a lot of criticism for, you know, from different people for things that he said like 20 years ago or ways that he presented it that he even admits uh, was maybe too brash or maybe wasn't presented properly. Uh, right, right words, wrong music type of thing, you know? Um, but I'll tell you what, I have never met a person that is more genuinely it than him. Mm. It being living mm. the faith. I try but I'm really bad uh, and I fail constantly, which is natural. Um, he, you know, he fails too, but I have never met somebody that is more set on being authentically Christian than that man. That's beautiful. And when I hear people take something out of context or, you know, uh, criticize like something so silly it, it just, it hurts me 
because of what you're saying. Yeah. That's the reality is that he is in the flow with this, with the Holy spirit. And he has had such um, a tremendous impact on me. Mm-hmm. And that's to me that, I don't know. He's, he's one of the most amazing people I've ever met. Yeah. So, yeah. But more importantly, you, Ooh. wow. Yeah. I'm pretty good. <laughs> special so so all right let's talk about uh your desert story all right so we did this thing if you don't know here at awaken um this awaken your lent series of devotions and one of those is the desert stories so we invited a bunch of different people uh to share their desert story a time in their life where they felt like they were going through a desert whether it was that they were just in a spiritual desert or felt deserted by god and so I invited Mike to write one, and he, his actually came out today. So if you haven't read it, you should definitely read it because it is beautiful. It's an incredible story. Um, See, Mike, I thought you wanted a dessert story. <laughs> <laughs> it tasted so good. And I was like, um, clearly I'm going to no, talk about you, your story. Your story nailed it. It was really good. So could you share, give us a little a taste of your story to hear today? In 1965, I was in Vietnam. No. 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 Oh, that's um, not your story. That's not my story. <laughs> that's someone Sorry. else's story. That's somebody else's story. I was born on the 4th of July. False. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, September 28th of 2021, I was tra- I, I had this phase where I was traveling a lot. And uh, September 28th, I started feeling sick. Um, I, I, I was in Saratoga Springs. I was in Cleveland on the 24th and then... Saratoga Springs on the 28th, and I felt sick. I came home. I tested negative for COVID. Uh, October 1st, I was in Connecticut, and I felt horrible. It was like, you know, you got a mixing board with the faders. It was like every symptom of sickness had like 30 minutes of at max volume. So like achy, and then gone. Headache, gone. Sweaty, mm. gone. And it was just, you know, and I told Christopher, I'm like, dude, I feel horrible. And I described, he's like, that sounds like COVID. I'm like, I tested negative. So when I came home, I tested again, October 4th, because it was weekend Sunday. That's why I waited. Um, and the nurse said, you are overwhelmingly positive. And I was like, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I felt some sort of accomplishment and she's no, So just go home. You'll be fine. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm home. Uh, two of my friends had it really bad. I had to go to the hospital. And so uh, I knew I should probably get a pulse, ox, uh, pulse oximeter to watch my oxygen saturation. And so I got one and then I got two and I'd like walk around them. And one night um, uh, I was dropping, you know, I know I'm usually around like 98. I know that because uh, I'm that type of guy. Um, but I dropped at about 92 to 80. And I was like, mm, I feel bad. So I went to the emergency room and they did an x-ray. They said, uh, you have pneumonia. Uh, here's some steroids. You're going to be fine. Go. And I went home. And that, the next night I was in like 84. And I, I, I woke up at 84 and I just felt like death. And I called out to my wife. I'm like, we got to go. We got to go. So she drove me to the emergency room again. I spent three days in the ER, which is not equipped for long-term stay. So that was horrible. And then I got, they said a, a bed opened up in a hospital half hour away. I went there and I ended up staying a total of 16 days, eight days in the ICU. I had bilateral COVID pneumonia 
resulting in a respiratory failure, which meant that my lungs were done. They were not working. And so <clears throat> I had, uh, I had a, uh, high flow cranula na nasal thing, not the tube, but like, it looked like, I called it like the Lorax, you know, <laughs> the, the mustache he has. Mm -hmm. It looked like that. It's like this big fat, like magic marker thing. And they're giving me, uh, 85% of my oxygen was supplied from that. I, wow. my, my lungs weren't working and any step backwards, any slight movement worse, like they couldn't give me anymore. So any movement worse, I would need to be intubated and intubation for COVID cases. Intubation has a, a survival rate of, um, around 50% and for COVID it's more like 20. And also it requires, uh, induced coma. Um, so, I mean, that was hanging over my shoulders. Like at any moment they could tell me that, okay, we're going to have to, we're going to have to put you in a coma. Wow. And I hope you, we hope you wake up, you know, that kind of thing. Like, like, I don't know, what was it going to be a month, two months, six months? Um, so I was scared and I decided when I was in there, I had nothing I could do. They were going to give me remdesivir for five days and they're going to give me uh, anti antivirals and steroids, pretty much, and vitamins, which I thought one of the main things I would get was D, C, and zinc. Like, that was, like, their big mm – -hmm. when they're giving you vitamin C as, like, your – this is, like, your th like how you're going to get better, you know you're not in good shape. <laughs> right? It's like, just got to hold this bag of beans – Magical beans. Here's a Flintstone vitamin. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like <laughs> 10 million strong and growing. Yeah. Um, so I knew I didn't have much. I knew, and, and I also knew that with remdesivir, it was five days. So I knew that there was going to be a point where that was done. And who knows what's going to happen? Am I going to get better or not? And everybody I spoke with, all of the staff were completely honest. And I would say, is this going to work? They're like, we, we don't know. Is it successful usually? Sometimes. So you're you're just out on a, a very flimsy limb. Yeah. And you don't know if you're gonna fall to your death or if you're just. I mean. No, no idea. And I, I and also like I can't see my kids. I can't see my wife. Oh my I can't gosh. see anybody. Uh, my priest came, which was awesome. But um, yeah. And and my back's up against that reality that I might be put into a coma. So <clears throat> I I had the meds. I had, um, I needed to move. I needed to sleep on my stomach because your, your lungs are closer to your back. So if you sleep on your back, it constricts your lungs. So with COVID, you need to be on your stomach. And I also knew that I needed, um, like one night I was, uh, the first night in the ICU, I was sleeping on my stomach and they ran in and they woke, they woke me up. They're like, you got to get up. You got to wake up, wake up, wake up. I'm like, whoa, like you're crashing. You're, you are crashing. Oh, you know, I had no idea what was going on. Uh, apparently my oxygen was just plummeting. And so they sat me up, they put cranked, like just blasted my face. And that's another thing, like uh, 16 days of oxygen. I, the amount of blood coming out, I was constantly bleeding my nose just from cold oxygen being blasted in my face. So sore. I like, it, it, it was just very painful. Um, you know, something so small, but it was like, you know, it was painful. And, um, and I knew, and I had prayer. I said, well, I should probably take prayer very seriously. And so I said, I'm going to come up with a, um, 
my dream team. All right, I'm going to do uh, John Paul II. He's my guy, right? Um, so I'm going to do that. He's going to be there. I'm going to do uh, St. Cecilia, my daughter, right? Uh, patron saint of musicians. All right, she's got to like me kind of. Um, <laughs> Maximilian Colby, because he endured amazing. Total badass. I mean, like, yeah, at the end of his life was yeah. pretty B.A. Baracus. Yeah. You know? uh, that's a show from the 80s, uh, A-Team. A- a- All right. Um, and I chose uh, uh, St. Francis. I was in St. Francis, Wisconsin. I chose St. Augustine because he's smart. I'm not. And <laughs> I chose my grandfather, who was a surgeon, or who was a doctor, and my father, who had died five months before this. Uh, and so I got really serious about it, and I just sat, I would just sit there. And prayer for me has always been very difficult. Do you mind I'm talking this long? Is this That's right? fine, okay. yeah. Share your heart, baby. All right. Um, prayer has always been extremely difficult. Uh, I always felt like I wasn't good at doing it. I always felt like everything I applied always fell short. I was always distracted. Um, the rosary was cool because it was repetitive, meditative, and I can kind of like slip into that slipstream of, you know, motion, you know? Um, but I never really felt any effort that I put actively, like I can't pray well. I can, okay, fine. God, just please make sure we're safe and healthy. I'll leave that right there. I'm going to continue along my way, right? But for some reason, uh, this time I was completely comfortable and content sitting still in the midst of these saints. And I could see them. Now, not in my mind's eye. Um, I'm not going to get all like, then they appeared. <laughs> and the nurse came in and I realized that was St. John Paul II. No, it wasn't like that. So like, are you sure? I don't know. Uh, no, I'm You were positive. heavily medicated. I, 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 I was. Um, that's why I didn't wear pants. But like, so <laughs> I sat, I just sat there and I was totally comfortable. And all of a sudden I could like see everybody next to me. St. Teresa of Avila as well was there. A friend of mine had, give, had brought a box for me, that, and the nurses brought it to me. I opened it up, and it was the relics of St. Teresa of Avila. Oh, man. My, uh, my daughter, her name is Avila. So, That's amazing. Yeah, it was very, very potent. So she was there as well. And I could see everybody sitting around me. I could see my dad sitting next to me, which is I sat next to him in his, death, in his deathbed. Um, and I could see my grandfather who was always anxious and he'd always like pick his teeth with a thing. He's just really anxious and he was pacing back and forth. And then I saw John Paul II and John Paul II was staring right at me, right in front of me. And, you know, he's an act, he was an actor. So he understood like, Drama. How to, yeah. yeah, he was always smiling. He understood his, his demeanor and how to properly present himself. But he had a look on his face that I'd never seen before. He wasn't smiling. He was looking directly at me, very stern, like very like right into my eyes. And I remember knowing like, you know, like with prayer, for me at least, it's an awareness rather than like a chronological understanding. Like I don't understand things in order. I just all of a sudden, I feel it. And I could, like I knew that his look was 100% with authority and love. Mm. And all of a sudden, he 
was also Jesus. So it wasn't Jesus alone, and it wasn't John Bolton. It was the same in Persona Christi. That was Jesus, John Bolton. Wow, interesting. And he said, do you need me? And I said, yes. Oh, also, I felt a, a hand pushing me against a wooden chair. I was in a wooden chair. I was in my bed, hospital bed. But in this moment, I was in a wooden chair, and I could see the chair very specifically. And the hand was pushing me against the chair, and I, I couldn't move, nor did I want to move. And he says, do you need me? And I said, yes. And he says, then sit there. Okay. And I sat there spiritually the whole time. And I felt peace, just complete peace. Like I could endure all of the crap that I had to put up with. And there was so much pain. There was so much, I couldn't walk. I couldn't breathe. If I had to go to the bathroom, I needed to take my oxygen off. And you're on a timer. You, you'd hear that every time your, your oxygen, oxygen got to 90 or below, it would beep. It was beeping all the time. Gosh. So it's just a, like, you're not doing good. You're not, do that's the beep. You're not doing good. You're not doing good. Still not good. So you go to the bathroom and it's like, beep, 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 beep. You're like, am I going to die on the crapper? Like, is this, <laughs> am I going to Elvis this whole thing? I mean, if there's any way to go. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, so, but I was so peaceful. I was so peaceful. And um, I just stayed there and just kept on praying. And I was having like, I felt joy. I, I felt, um, you know, I, I had three tools that I needed to do to work on my lungs and they were painful. Like these like breathing exercises and they were painful. And the nurse, the respiratory therapist said, you need to do these often. And I said, how often? She's like, I was on steroids. So I was a little aggressive. And she's like, as often as possible. I'm like, give me a time. Like what? Every hour? She's like, that'd be great. I'm like, done. Give me a pencil. She gave me a pencil. I set my alarm uh, on my phone. And every hour, it would take 20 minutes to do the exercises. So every hour I do the exercises and then I'd have 40 minutes to relax. And so I just did it and did it, but I did it with peace and like just joy, not happiness, but joy. Anyway, um, I was sitting, you know, my morning prayer got longer and longer. I just stayed in prayer. And um, I always had a foot in prayer the entire time. And I slowly, um, there was one day, the, rem, the remdesivir was done. I knew it was done. And now I was just drifting in water without oars, you know, just like, okay. And I'm still on 85% oxygen. I still have the, you know, thing hovering over me that I could go mm -hmm. any direction. And you can get better and get worse. Like it, it oh, really yeah. doesn't make sense. And uh, October 15th, which is St. Teresa of Avila's feast day, I took her relics. And just so you know, I'm not somebody who loves to talk about, and then the angel appeared. You know, I'm not, I'm very careful with the language and the way I talk about, I believe in miracles, but I'm very careful with that stuff. But this is what happened. I took the relics. I put it on my chest underneath my gown. Um, and I prayed and I wept, just wept. Uh, and that was it. October 16th, my doctor, who up to this point has only told me bad news. The first day I was in, I was put in ICU. He says, just so you know, you're very serious. You're in critical condition. 
and I lost a 29-year-old yesterday. Oh, my the gosh. Same thing. I was like, that's fantastic, that side man. <laughs> fantastic. By the way, you're probably going to die. Probably going to die. Do you have your affairs in order? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, so he walks in on the 16th, and I'm like, oh, shit, I don't want to see this guy. And he holds his hand out. And I don't know how he did it, but, like, the last digit was just bent a little bit like that. I'm like, well, what? He's like, you might, might, might be turning a corner. Maybe. Keep doing what you're doing. I'll come back tomorrow. I, I wept more. I just cried. 17th, he walks in. Definitive curve in his digit. I don't know how he did it. Crazy. Uh, he said, you've, you've turned a corner. You're, you're, you're starting to get better. Well, keep, the, keep doing it. But if you, keep, if you maintain progress, then we'll move you to a regular room. Well, sure enough, they moved me to a regular room on the 17th. And I just got to a new room that was a lot nicer, not the ICU. And all I did was I just sat in this chair that was in there and I just prayed all day. Uh, morning, the nurse comes in. She's like, you know, because they keep on, the way they do it is when your, your lungs start to get a little bit better, they test them. They, they challenge them by turning the oxygen down. So like the moment you're not beeping anymore because you're hitting the 90s, now you're like, re- your oxygen's resting like 95. They turn it down. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, like, please just leave it there for a little bit. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. But they do that because then your lungs take, o- they, they get, they take over. So they're doing that constantly. And on the, on, uh, the nurse walks in one morning and she's like, you know, we're going to do an oxygen test today, but you might be going home. I'm like, what? Oh my goodness. She's like, yeah, you might be going home. I'm like, don't, don't. She's like, no, I'm serious. Like, all right. So sure enough, they do an oxygen test. I walk around the room. I'm like beeping at like 88, 90. They're like, you're not going to need oxygen. You're doing great. I'm like, can I still have oxygen when I go home? <laughs> I look at my Magnificon. It was, it was, it was, I did go home that day. It was October 22nd. It's the feast day of John Paul II. Oh, my gosh. I realized that when it's I'm sitting. It's also Colleen's birthday. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> I realize that, and I'm sitting in this rocking chair that I've been sitting in the whole time. It is literally the chair for my prayer. It just was. It's a wooden rocking chair. That's that. I, when I was in the ICU, yeah. that's what I'm sitting in. That's crazy. And then I'm like, what else can I see? And I'm like, the, my room number is 3307. Age of, I've been describing this experience for me as my Paschal mystery, right? It's my yeah. Paschal. It's my cross. 3307, the age of Christ when he died. 07, the holiest number. Seven, the holy, the holy number. I, that's a little too far-fetched, but I did notice it and I thought it was cool. <laughs> but I got out, and um, the, the bow on the whole story was a couple months later, a couple weeks later, I'm part of this, like, study group <clears throat> that my wife was putting on at, at my, my parish. And one of the questions was, describe your relationship with God the Father. And I said, all right, well, uh, you know, God the Father, he's out there, he's, he's over there. And if I want to have a relationship with him, I need to apply myself and do these things to reach out. I need to make an effort to, to come to him and dwell with him. And, it, you know, and all of a sudden, my thoughts were interrupted, and, and I heard, really? I'm like, could you possibly be projecting your relationship with your father on God the Father? 
Like, oh. Now, I love my father. We had a great relationship. But, you know, he was of that generation that he didn't cross the bridge. I crossed the bridge if I wanted any kind of, you know, contact. Mm. And I was like, that's, yeah. And then it hit me. That's what God was saying. Do you need me? Do you want me? Yes. Then let me dwell with you. Wow. You, you, you don't need to do anything. He wants to cross the bridge for you. I'm here. Yeah. Just open your arms. That's beautiful. Be with me. That's what it was. Did you write a song about it? Yeah, it's called, Do You Want Me? I'm Here. Just open your arms. Be with me. Man, uh, that's the song. A long song title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I shortened it. <laughs> um, I have not written a song about it. But um, you ought. I ought someday. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a heck of a story, man. I'm so grateful that you're still here with us. Yeah. Wow. So are my kids. I bet. <laughs> and Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, yeah, she, yeah. That was quite the uh, homecoming, man. And I couldn't walk when I got home. Mm. It was like, I, I, if I went up the stairs, I had to like stop twice. And just, yeah. <sighs> I, it was a big, I, there was a huge day for me when I got, was able to get the mail, you know, like wow. walk to the end of the driveway. Yeah. Anyway. Dang. Okay. Well, on that note, this episode is sponsored by the Awakened Catholic app. Um, uh, Man, that's a a great, a great story. Uh, Definitely want to encourage you uh, watching at home. Check out his desert story in the Awaken app. Um, And for you all here in the live audience, uh, Definitely check out his desert story. And, and there's so many powerful stories like that. Um, I've been loving it, by the way. You did not tell me to do this. I'm just going to say this. I've been loving the app. Yeah. I've been using it. Yes, I love it. I think it's fantastic. And I've been using it every day I use it. So thank you for, for All right. D- thank you guys for doing that. If you could just look at the camera and say, I use the Awaken app every day. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I use the Awaken app pretty much every day and it's fantastic <laughs> that's <laughs> solid beautiful <laughs> all right we're gonna get into uh, a whole bunch of your music here in a second you're gonna uh wrap us up here with with a solid concert uh segment of songs but before we do that we have one thing left to do here um did you know mr man mangione Mangione. Uh, uh obviously there are terrible things happening in the world right now um, and the, uh, you know, we have Russia and Ukraine and, and all of this really difficult to watch what's happening. Um, and as though P- Putin couldn't be uh, a bigger a-hole, um, he, it just came out recently, uh, to his own people in Russia, um, is not allowing them to enjoy and benefit from the Catholic weird stuff segment anymore. Uh, so we here are, are making sure that we're still putting it out and, yeah. uh, we, we are hoping we have our ways to get it into the hands of the mobile devices of the Russian people. Give it to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Give it to- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. He'll do it. Arnie, it's on you. Let's do it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, today for the Catholic Weird Stuff segment, we're going to be, for a very brief moment, talking about... Superheroes. Almost. 
actually kind of straight up. Right. Yes. Do you want to do you want to explain this? The incorruptibles. The incorruptibles. Not to be confused with the Incredibles, or, although the Incorruptibles are, in fact, incredible. Yes. Yes. So what is an Incorruptible? An Incorruptible is a person that does not experience the same kind of decomposition as a normal human body after death. There are many reasons uh, that they say. Uh, for example, sometimes they'll have like um, a portion of the, of the saint uh, maybe if the saint was particularly talented or blessed with the gift of speech, then his tongue doesn't decompose or have the gift of, uh, um, I don't know, massages and his hands or her hands. Don't. I feel like you're making that up. Possibly a little bit, <laughs> but I'm not a theologian, so don't ask me these questions. So, yeah. That, yeah. So, yeah. So, so there, are, there are saints out there that when they exhume the bodies— uh, they're still yeah. intact or I'll be honest. Some of the photos, they look a little funky. They look dead. Yeah. They look very dead. Yeah. However, regardless, still arguably far less, far less decomposed than they ought to be. Right. Based on the time frame. Yeah. And it took me a long time to, to realize, cause like you, if you go to like the, uh, St. Peter's or if you ever see any, it, they almost look like dolls and you're like, what? yeah. And then you realize they put, I didn't realize this, but they put like masks on them. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not like St. Catherine Labre in France. There you go. Um, that's France right there. Uh, <laughs> For anyone watching and wondering what just happened, Sophia is sitting in the back and Sophia was just in France. So we, yeah, we were talking about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, or like, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Pio. Uh, oh, Padre Mr. Pio. Mr. Bilocation. Oh, what a G. Some great stories about that, by the way. Yeah? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, but if you see pictures of them, they're, like, perfectly, they look like porcelain dolls. And it's because they make these, like, for the for most of them, they make, like, these preserv- preservative masks to help yeah. preserve. I don't know. So, so that what, was a little discon- When I found that out, I was like, well, I mean, come on. Like, yeah. Just let us let us have it. Let it be what it is. Like, mm-hmm. why are we doctoring the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the significance of it is that a lot of people don't understand when we die, and we kind of fast forward to the last day and the resurrection on that last day. Um, we will, in fact, resurrect. And and Jesus talks about it in the Gospel of John, chapter six, that uh, on the last day that we will that he will raise the dead. And um, and a lot of people explicitly outside of the Catholic sphere, but even within can be confused about this issue of will this body that I am rocking right now, will this be the same body I have in heaven for eternity? And the answer is kind of yes, but yes, but it'll be glorified. Yeah. Um, and so the, the significance behind these incorruptibles is like, it kind of points to this idea that like these bodies have a longer term uh, context than what we kind of perceive generally. Right. Would you add anything else to that? Word. 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 All right. Now, Mike. Yeah. Before. Uh-huh. <laughs> before you, you grace us with the glory of your music. Yeah. Before I have I to that. ask you, do you have anything you want the people to know about? Well, yes, I do, actually. Um, Hit us with it. Okay. There's a couple things that I'm promoting right now. 
Um, number one, the music you can get on Spotify, get on their website, which is my name, MikeMangione.com. Um, you can stream it anywhere, blah, blah, blah. But I'm also doing this thing uh, that's been kind of fun for me. I call it the transient sessions. So as I travel, um, everywhere I go, uh, I travel all the time, and people say to me often, like, oh, it must be so cool to travel and see all these places. And it's like, yeah, kind of, but my experience of the places is really just the hotel room because I don't really have time to hang out. And so what I've been doing is everywhere I go, I set up my camera and my microphone and I record a song in the hotel room and I call it the transient sessions. And it's always, it's one omnidirectional mic, meaning all directions. And I just place the mic and I would do one take, one song. And um, then I post it on YouTube. So you can find that at uh, my YouTube channel. I've uh, seen those. Those are very nice. Yeah. I mean, they're not like high quality, you know, they're, they're just enough. Mike, what? They're very nice. Thank you. I'll accept that. <laughs> take in the compliment. Take it. Okay. Um, and then I released the songs on streaming sites and then also, uh, you can download it on my website, but also, um, I want to mention that we are, we, I, I work with the theology of the body Institute and we have two things that are, I'm really excited about. Number one, uh, we just published our first, we've always worked with publishers. We've just started our own publishing division. Nice. Yes. And the first book that we released is called God is beauty. A couple of years ago, Christopher was watching an interview where the interviewer or interviewee mentioned, quoted Carol Wojtyla, John Paul II, um, quoted him, and it was a quote that Christopher's never heard before. So he, he looked into it, and it turned out there was an unpublished retreat that Carol Wojtyla gave in 1962 when he was when he was bishop of Krakow to artists. Interesting. It's a four-day retreat. He did it during Holy Week. And so when Christopher found this, he wrote to the Vatican and got permission to translate it and then publish it. So God is Beauty is the name of a four, five, wait, four or five, I can't remember, but it's a five-part retreat that the Pope gave to artists. And what's cool about it is that, and he specifically says this, is that even it's obviously the artists that were on the retreat, but it's really about everybody is an, is an artist of the masterpiece of their life, of, of their humanity. Yeah. And so really it resonates with anybody because we're all scripting the narrative of our story in real time. And so it really is for everybody. Uh, so we, we published the book and it has um, four parts. It has the, the, his incomplete texts. And then Christopher goes section by section, does commentary. And then we had... Um, uh, five people, myself included, that wrote uh, a reflection on each section. So I wrote a reflection on section two. Ooh. And the basis of my reflection is uh, a quote that he says, which is, a river of beauty runs through you, but you yourself are not beauty. And so it's understanding the relationship between craftsman and creator. And if you're familiar with his letter to artists, which came out in 1999, August 4th, You'll see, you can see the seeds of everything in Letter Artists in this 1962 retreat. So that's called God is Beauty. You can get that at the Theology of the Body. So that's available now. Yeah. So you guys can get that book, have it on your coffee table, maybe open it to the page where his reflection is, and you'd be like, I was there. I was at his house concert. Yeah. I met him. It got weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second thing is, and this is, um, I'm in charge of this, so I'm, it's a, like, kind of a passion project of mine, but... Uh, you know, in, during COVID, we've been doing virtual conferences, right? 
everybody's been doing virtual conferences. So we kind of felt like we had great success with two years of virtual conferences. And we kind of felt like, all right, there's a little virtual conference saturation, right? We need to change it up. So what we decided was, why don't we do like a hybrid? So we're doing, it's an actual physical conference at Black Rock Retreat Center in Coryville, Pennsylvania, May 13th to the 15th. So there's going to be, there's only 80 seats available. It's a tiny little place. And I, I got six, so that we're, our staff is going to be teaching the, you know, presenting at the conference, but then I got six guest speakers to come. And so for three days, small group of people in Pennsylvania are going to be hanging out with us. It's going to be Jeff Cavins. Uh, it's going to be uh, Father Mike Schmitz. Never heard of him. Uh, yeah. He's <laughs> rather handsome. Man. Father, what a waste. Yeah, right. Yeah. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, man, that hair. I um, mean, the muscles too. Come on. Right? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a minute? That dude's ripped. <laughs> Look, I went on Facebook. He's like lifting a weight. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, Jason Everett, uh, Damon Owens, um, Abby uh, Fjord from the Desert Stream Ministries. And there's one more. Um, I cannot forget. I can't do that. Okay, hold on. Uh, oh, uh, 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 Jackie and Bobby. Francois, Angel. Angel, yeah. yeah beautiful. Uh, and then us. Um, so it's a fantastic group. That's a great lineup. It's fantastic. And one of the things that I'm, I'm trying to do with this is I really want it to be like, Hey, what would it be like if Jason Everett and Jeff Cavins were all hanging out with Christopher? Like, what would they talk about? Mm -hmm. That's what it's going to be. Table discussions. So that, yeah, there's going to be presentations, but then there's going to be conversations. And then it's something I'm calling the fireside chat where we're just all going to hang and talk. That's awesome. And then Matt Fred, I think is coming too. He just nice. told Christopher he wants to come yesterday. So I think he's gonna be there too. Um, but here's the thing. You can be there in person. That's like the ultimate experience. Um, but those are going fast. So check that out. But also um, you can stream it. We're going to stream it and that's going to be for free. There's a, there's a version of streaming that you could like buy into that gives you more access. But the basic keynote presentations of all those speakers are going to be free. And you can find out, you can register for free, find out all the information about coming or paying the premium or doing the free one at our website, which is... T O B Institute dot org. <laughs> T O B Institute dot org. So check that out. And that's May 13th to the 15th. And come. Beautiful. Go. go be that there. sounds super week. exciting. Cool. Yeah. And that's I can do a concert, awesome. concert yeah. as well. Awesome. All right. Let's hear some music. <laughs> <laughs> of decision I tremble dear peace the steps that fell from where I've come 
I'm yours Can you love me falling? I remember when I could rest with ease I could love and please my brothers But did I please you? And the strength of emotion Sacrifice himself for love, but those emotions also make me crazy. There's nothing here that can save me now. I'm yours. Can you love me falling? Can you love me falling, baby? Can you love me falling? Because I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. Through the veil, your heart bleeds mine.
So I just did um, a record that hasn't released yet, but I've been playing stuff from it because the songs really uh, are resonating with me now. Um, and I recorded it last year. Excuse me? I recorded it last year in uh, Milan, New York. Um, with a great, a great producer, a guy named Larry Campbell. And... Um, uh, Larry is like, it was a really a dream to work with Larry because my, my favorite artists in this planet are, is Bob Dylan and like Levon Helm, like from the band. And when I was in college, Bob Dylan would play Milwaukee every Halloween. And I would go and there's always, I was loved watching Dylan because he had the best band and he had one guitarist that was like the guy, first off, he looked cool. He had this, this awesome mustache and this little, like, like pointy salt. He's just awesome. He's tall. He has a dark, long coat. He looked like something from, like, um, uh, a cool book. <laughs> a romance novel. But he's, like, the villain, you know? He's, like, the cool guy that you want to be, but he's not good. Um, and then he left. And I was like, no, where'd that guy go? And then he, he started playing with the other idol guy, Levon Helm. He started being, he was his guitarist and producer. So that was Larry. So like when I got a chance to work with this guy, honestly, like half the time was like recording. The other half was like, so what does Dylan smell like? You know, like <laughs> just asking every question I possibly can. Um, oh, so he, he not only produced the record, but he played, he's, he's a multi-instrumentalist and um, amazing. So he has... Uh, you just beautiful. I don't even know why I'm telling you this. Um, he, I'm, what I'm going to say, does, is, he plays amazing parts on this song that you are not going to hear right now. So, but something to look forward to. Oh, don't I know 
leave my home and daughters Oh, don't you go, don't you go and stay Honey, please come back to me Don't you go and stay second I can feel Oh, don't I know And through this hanging I lay down Oh, don't you go And if I could wash my sins I'd drown Oh, don't I know Don't you go And stay Honey, please come back to me. Don't you go and stay. Honey, please come back. I do a lot of travel, and uh, I'm constantly in airports. And uh, airports, um, this, I've been by myself for a while, so I'm going to talk if that's cool. Um, airports are becoming like malls, like increasingly more mall-like. It's getting kind of weird. It's like, am I supposed to come earlier? And like, wh who shops at the airport? My, my wife, that's who does. But there's still like a couple airports though that still have like that like edginess to it. Like, um, like even like LaGuardia typically was like, that was like the edgy airport. Like you go to it and every sign read like you're in trouble. It'd be like, uh, you know, there'd be the sign showing you terminal a, which direction, but the way it feels, it's like terminal a, you know, it's not like go this way. It's like you, that's terminal a. You're like, I'm sorry. Baggage. Gates. All right, gates. Anyway. Does, that does that not make sense? But now it's all like, it's just all like, like, by the way, um, you're no longer in the airport. You're in a mall. And you should probably go shopping. But like Europe has always kind of had those airports that kind of, they confused you a little bit because it's like so nice and clean, and everything's like crystal clear, and there's a lot of like shopping, but they are so confusing. Uh, this is really dumb. I should probably just play a song.
but like Europe's airports. <laughs> the signs are like, it's like so unnecessarily confusing. And it's not a language thing because it's English in most, you know, airports. But it'd be like uh, baggage gates. I'm like what? It's like baggage gates that way. Like baggage. So that's baggage or gates. Yes. What's that way? Toblerone. Toblerones are over there. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to play. Um, oh, I got it. I got it. This is a song about airports. frost on the sheets when the sun went down there's no place to lay your head you stand in this valley of tears all around as he stands as your jury instead and he holds you in bribe as you try to hide what is sacred he objects to dismiss oh my woman in gown you are made for much better than this we fashion our breath to the lowest depth and let pleasure be the host of what's real but i say let's sacrifice boys smother the noise as the goods they've been fixing to steal I am only a man, so please understand, but won't you take my hand, I insist. Oh my, woman in gown, you are made for much better than this. Oh, oh, sleep, my dear, and may you rest until disorder has been fixed. Oh my, woman in gown, you are made for much better than this. Try to deceive, to make you believe you can be held and dropped on a dime. But nothing, my dear, should be held in the fear that a drop is just natural with time. No, you cannot be taken or your value forsaken. Deny their Judas kiss. Oh, my woman in gown, you are made for much better than this. Stand tall, my bride, don't compromise. I will show you what their promises miss. Oh, my woman in gown, you are made for much better than this. Made for much better than this.
guys do me a favor? Um, when, when I start a song, can you guys all do one of those claps like you know it and you're excited about it? Oh, yeah. Woo, I've been waiting for this one. That, I'll play it again. I'll play it again. Can you get... Oh, you have heard that song. Oh. I Googled a uh, song. I'm kidding. Um, so can we, so I'm, I'm going to play a song. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I got to start it. I got to start it. And then you be, oh, yeah. It's called at your, it's called at your gate. So one of you, I'll be you. When I play, just, no, you no, no, you, you. Yeah. When I play, go, oh, at your gate. Okay. It's called, it's called at your gate. So when I play, just go, oh, at your gate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like three seconds away. Ready? so good I gotta get more fans and play for them this one goes out for all the ladies I'm just kidding <laughs> come out come out come meet me yes I've been poisoned I've been you now I'm standing at your gate And I am hanging on your gate And I'll be standing at your gate In my day I ruled deception Yes, I was king, I had control but I deceived all those I hold And they flanked, they dug a hole And now I'm standing At your gate in my intention but they were bleeding from your side while I was blinding out my eyes yeah, 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 yeah. and when I left I had direction I had protection I was free but they do not compromise no, they did not compromise. I'll be standing at your gate.
did not come to take you. I came to let you take me in. We're born where we begin. And this fever burns within. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a song of songs that you're singing. I've been bleeding every line. How a world to harmonize. Yes, we need to harmonize. And we'll be singing at your gate. So I'll just do a couple more, right? It's a weekday. I don't, you know. Actually, it was.
Keep it going, ready? Well, I know what's right I got just one life World that keeps on pushing me down I won't back down No, I won't back down yeah. Yes, I won't back down. Oh, I won't back down. I'm gonna stand my ground. It's a song I wrote back in like '87 or something. song so i always had this idea that um there's like an idea that like a very sinful person could be baptized at the moment of death through a true act of contrition and a drop of a tear because you need to you need the tangible right you need the water I probably can't have like saline in it, but let's just keep on staying on the track. So I had this idea that somebody could be baptized by their own tear in that last moment. So I wrote a song about it. Uh, it's called Lady by the Shore. Now it's, yeah, it, 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 it feels good at first, but it's not authentic. And it, it, it hurts me a little bit. I'm just kidding. Do it. I love it. It's great. <laughs> you guys also call me Bob Dylan. Is that no? <laughs> or Rob Dylan? Thank you. Thank you very much. They say I gave myself But they were waiting down by the water Just to give me hell It's been ten years Since I've been gone But a life that's worth all the running needs Something to hang on Can I hear can I hear, can I hear just one more time? Before I'll be hanging, let me hear that lady by the shore. And I'm a thief now, yeah, but I once was a child. And I would wet my skin in those waters before the river ran wild. Never had much of a home or place for my head 
In the sins of my mother and my father, they drove me crazy instead. But can I hear? Can I hear? Can I hear just one time more? Before I be hanging, let me hear that lady by the shore. I stood beneath the hanging tree. I saw the silhouette of that woman come walking toward me. The scoffers were mute and the onlookers couldn't see. But her voice broke free that tear from that moment to eternity. song I wrote for my wife. Stacy. It's a song about how love is really hard. She once said to me, how come you never write songs about me? I said, Stacy, every song is about you in a certain sense. She said, nope. I said, okay. So I wrote this one, and she actually, uh, she loves it. She's like, that's amazing. I said, yeah, it is. Tell me that we've gone astray
Don't we? Don't we? Don't we know that love can often feel this way? How we yearn the hold and the burn when the feeling's gone away. I don't want no simplified, sterilized, half-realized version of love. Because love, real love, ain't no easy thing to do. Ain't no easy thing to do. Reason, oh, what's your reason? Tell me, what is what? What should I do? Have I come to see that when there's nothing left to give is when I begin to give you all? Young love makes its bed high above, beautifully blind to the rising sea. I don't want no disguise, mystified. I want a crucified kind of love. Because love, real love, ain't no easy thing to do. Ain't no easy thing to do Okay. Um, can I do one more? Yeah. yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Thanks for doing this. This is a great, th a great thing. It's a lot of fun for me. This is like one of the first shows 
like uh, I've done since COVID. Uh, I haven't done many. So it's nice. It feels good to like play, and it's nice having it be so like intimate. I'm really sad that the, these expensive seats were purchased to note they didn't show up. <laughs> oh, they got sick. All right. Well. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, that's you. We're pa we're painting the story now with detail. I like it. Like make up a name for them, and you'd be like, "No, I'm serious. It's they're really sick." All right, so thank you very much. Uh, this is a song. It's actually a hopeful song. It's called "Nothing Lasts Forever," um, but it's got a. Um, well, I'll just play. Numb can words remain, how numb can feelings fall when beloved is amused, no man can escape at all. And I feel your distant fever, at times I hear your plea, and I taste my tongue burn from every promise gone selfishly. Before you leave me, mother, please help me understand how a boy can be a lover, how a lover can be a man. So if you want me, baby, please, please want me here today because nothing lasts forever and nothing's here to stay. So many seem the mornings, now and less until I go. But no beauty of a sunrise can fulfill that ache that we all must know. And I know I acted foolish, I was a thief among family. But no fault can bleach desire to redeem eternity. And I know so will forgiveness, I know so will regret. And every time they pierce my heart, it feels like they have never met. So if you want me, baby, please, please want me here today. Because nothing lasts forever and nothing's here to stay. But there was one drop that changed the world And as sands of time caused agony That tear released the pearl 
So if you want me, baby, please, please, want me here today. Because nothing lasts forever and nothing's here to stay. If you want me, baby, step out and take my hand. Well, nothing lasts forever but the love of woman and man. Yeah, nothing lasts forever but the love of woman and man. Yeah, nothing lasts forever. Thank you all very much. Thank you. God bless. You're all invited backstage. Thank you all so much for coming tonight to uh, this Mike Mangione concert and uh, to the first ever live audience production of The Awakened Catholic Show.